Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You listen to Green, Green. you might turn red. red. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Just want to remind you that tomorrow, one of the issues we'll be talking about, here's the headline from the Catholic Herald in the UK, British government refuses to say whether proclaiming divinity of Christ is a hate crime. So we're going to cover that one tomorrow. And uh, Canadian J.J. McCullough, who's a political writer and cartoonist and commentator in the Washington Post, had this column earlier in the week. A phony Islamophobia panic is ruining Canadian politics. So we'll talk to J.J. McCullough about that. We'll include your phone calls. Lots going on. Lots going on in this world of ours. Cliché time. Catherine's now, yeah, the most powerful woman in Canada, Catherine Swift. WorkingCanadians.ca. You don't like it when I say that. I don't. Well, I'm going to say it never again. Well, oh, good. Okay. Well, I thought you'd say it more often. I know you like thought. That. I, I know you thought that. <laughs> Perversity of Roy, we call it. <laughs> <laughs> the former chair, CEO, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Catherine Swift, now working Canadians.ca. Check it out. Sign on. Become part of it. Linda Leatherdale, former money editor of the Toronto Sun, now vice president of Cambria, Canada, independent business journalist at lindaleatherdale.com. How are you? Hello, Roy. Hello, Linda. Here I am at the Interior Design Show in downtown Toronto. Oh, and how's the interior designing going? <laughs> this is say it's very, very busy. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's a big issue, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, people, okay, we could talk about debt, but people are still designing their homes. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I was once credited uh, with having uh, the designing skills which would, <laughs> which would qualify me for... Uh, sort of federal institutions. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Simpson, who once frequented a federal institution known as Parliament, former member of Parliament. Did you know that was coming? Uh, no. No. Yeah. Uh, former liberal member of Parliament, former seatmate to Justin Trudeau, who is enjoying the mild weather of beautiful California. How are you, Michelle? I'm... Great, Roy. How are you? Oh, I couldn't be better. That's good. So now we've gotten through the uh, cliched stuff. <laughs> um, let's talk about a couple of issues. Before we do that, though, I want to, I want Linda to remind us about something, because if we don't do it now, I'll get to the end of the segment and slap myself on the forehead again. <laughs> well, Roy, you know what? Today is a special day, and um, my daughter, Sky reminded me that it was five years ago today, Roy, that we had her doctors, uh, Dr. Doyle, Dr. Minden, uh, on your show because she had relapsed. And we all know she went through Hodgkin's lymphoma, then got leukemia. And it was five years ago that we encouraged everybody get swabbed, uh, one match. And, of course, Sky did get that magical match. 
uh, from the United States, actually, through uh, Be a Match. And uh, she had that bone marrow transplant five years ago, June. And listen, she's doing great, Roy. She Wonderful. wanted me. She put it on social media today. She wanted to thank everybody for all the support. Uh, we can fight this, and we can win. That's wonderful. And we ha- we had the, uh, the 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 donor, the marrow donor, yes. on this program. We right did. with everybody. Gail Seidler, and she drove from West Virginia to be at Sky's wedding. All of this is a blur, but oh my goodness, what a long road! Five years ago today. And wow. your support, Roy, immense and greatly appreciated. Well, you know, whatever whatever we were able to do, it is the people who were listening, and somehow the woman in West Virginia heard about what we were doing, and she specifically yeah. wanted to help Sky. Yeah. And it was your it was your show, Roy, that brought us to Gail or Gail to us. Yeah. How incredible! It is. It's a small world. Okay, beauties. Canadians, unprecedented. This is one Linda loves and has been alerting us to for a long time. And people have been sort of listening. And then as soon as the segment Beauties and the Beast is over, they're rushing out and throwing their credit cards on the counter. Canadians, unprecedented debt is the headline, Linda, leads Macquarie's to warn on rate hikes. That's the Financial Post headline. Unprecedented debt leads Macquarie to warn on rate hikes. So if their interest rate goes up, and it, and it has just this yep, week, right? Yep. The, the pain is going to be felt, and I've already heard and seen stories where Canadians have said, oh, my God, how am I going to handle this? One or two points more, and I'm in trouble. Well, here they are, the one or two points yep. more. And here we are at 1.25% with the bank rate, and we know that uh, lending rates are going to go higher. It's more than I'm three. I'm always a cynic. I'm a cynic because those savings rates won't go up. But um, having said that, this is putting a lot of people, we've been saying it for a long time, Roy, uh, we got record household debt, it continues to climb, and there's a lot of people that this will put them on the edge or even under. Yeah. Catherine? Well, it's, it's, and it's not only the consumer side, it's the government side too. Let's not forget about that. Uh, massive, massive debt. I was just looking over some numbers recently, and the federal government alone has increased spending in the last two and a half years by 25%. 25 percent and this is when the economy is growing what the heck i I, I tell you i just feel from an you know economic standpoint we're sort of teetering on a press on a precipice here we've got really indebted consumers really indebted governments we got stuff happening in the u.s and we're going to i know we're going to get to that later but the tax changes in particular going to disadvantage canada our own government doesn't seem to be have their eye on the ball and every little uptick in interest rates is, is yet another step closer to that precipice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big, big worry. Mm-hmm. Same question yeah. to you, Michelle. It, it, Roy, I get back to, this is about buying votes. You know, I really understood how they needed to stimulate the economy Stephen Harper did back in 2008. But now it's like spending like drunken sailors. And, uh, you know, and taxes are going up. They're not going down. So anyone that believes that believes in the tooth fairy. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned banks earlier, and banks not providing any uh, hike in, in, uh, in savings rates. Now, 
banks to me have always been a bookie joint with a fancy building. Well, what we need in Canada, our banks are so immensely protected against any competition from elsewhere. Uh, we, we need to ch- I've been saying this for decades, so nothing new, but it, we, we need to open up more competition mm-hmm. because our banks just treat us, well, like the chattels we are, like, like the, you know, that we are forced to use them. Yep. They all offer virtually identical products and services. And, well, it's an oligopoly. You know, yeah. they're, they're basically calling the shots, and there's virtually no competition. Kind of like oil companies. <laughs> well, you must know. We can get to that, because that's another long discussion. <laughs> All right, so here's the, here's the next subject. So anyway, so, so Macquarie's is, is warning that uh, Canadians' unprecedented, unprecedented debt level, and it's, it's the highest percentage in the world, is it? Do I have that right? Per capita? On the per capita basis, yep. yep. Yeah, okay. So they're worried about Canada's uh, financial well-being because if Canadians individually are struggling, then a government that is borrowing crazily, as Michelle says, like drunken sailors, I, re- I resent that remark because I've been a drunken sailor and I spelt yeah. more, spent more judiciously than the government when I was. Oh, but you're right. <laughs> I love that line. If... <laughs> I've always said, if you've heard this before, don't stop me because I want to hear it again. Um, so here we, here we, now the next issue that we're facing, and they all tie together, the next issue we're looking at is NAFTA. So what if, here's the question that's being asked, what if NAFTA tanks, what if the Americans torpedo NAFTA? What if, what happens to the economy, what happens to the country, what happens to the individual Canadian? What's the outcome? Let's go to the economist first. Boy, well, it's it's it, the, the the thing is, it's totally unpredictable. I have seen, I've been reading again that what's going on in this area for the last couple of weeks or so. Every there's everything from Mexico and the U.S. concluding an agreement without Canada <laughs> to the whole thing blowing up to Canada and the U.S. concluding an agreement without Mexico, and anyway, on and on. It's so much uncertainty, and the, the thing is, the markets and the economy hate uncertainty. Businesses stop investing. Our dollar has already fallen somewhat on, on this speculation. Um, it, it, basically, it's bad, it's bad news for our economy. There's, there's no way it can be good news, even though some players out there are saying, oh, what the heck if NAFTA goes down. It means a protracted period of uh, uncertainty and challenges for the Canadian economy. And, and as I say, that's probably the only thing that's certain because there's a whole big mess to unravel here if it indeed does collapse. Linda, what do you think about the possibility of a bilateral agreement? Catherine just mentioned it. But a bilateral agreement between Canada and the United States, we had that prior to NAFTA. Is the, would the climate be ripe for that? And could it be in any way um, close to what NAFTA has provided. And there are still people who say that NAFTA has been bad for Canada. Well, you know what? I mean, we have to look at it. I have to say that way back when I was probably fighting against it because our tax load in Canada was so much higher than, than the United States. And I thought, how can this be an equal footing? But having said that, you have to look at the successes. Can they do um, a, a new one that would work? Boy, I hope so. I just got to remind everybody, the United States is our largest trading partner. 80% of what we produce is exported to the United States. And, of course, a low dollar helps those exports. But we rely on this. 
heavily. Perhaps maybe not the energy sector, but everything else is so tied to free trade. So let's hope that sane heads prevail here. Um, but Catherine's white, right? We've been watching it go back and forth, and it's turning out to be a, a donkey show. Like, it's not really adding a lot of faith. All right. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to reference, before we talk about him in greater detail, I'm going to reference your favorite politician, who was the president of the United States, <laughs> who, who, who when NAFTA, if NAFTA is gone, any agreement that we're going to be making with the U.S. is going to have to go past and, and, and be approved by President Donald Trump. So just objectively, what would you expect? You expect him because he is the deal maker. And we know that the markets in the United States are doing tremendously well under Trump, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, what do you expect from what do you expect from Mr. Trump if it comes down to some sort of bilateral agreement between this country and the US? I I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure uh, brought to bear on the president by his own people, his own governors. I think Canada has done a great job trying to lobby them because a lot of these states have a great deal to lose and they know it. All right. Nobody that heads up a country should be ruling by Fox News and Twitter. I'm sorry. No, I don't have to be sorry. Uh, what what this just tells me, ladies and gentlemen, is when we come back, it's going to get lively around here. <laughs> so please don't go away. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, it's not the bear I'm afraid of. It's the eight-pound Yorkie. Uh, Justin Trudeau tweets, it's incredibly inspiring and motivating to see so many people come out to support women's rights. We see you, we hear you, and at Mariam Monsef, and our government will keep fighting for gender equality in Canada. Hashtag Women's March 2018. Before we go to the other issue, uh, Catherine and Michelle, anybody want to, do you want to comment on that? Eh. No? <laughs> Okay. We need preference. <laughs> so who said who was who said eh? Me, uh, Catherine did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I just find it, you know. Once again, the you know the the left loves to protest and uh, they love to get out in the streets and wave their placards around and so on and so forth. And I just view it as about as meaningful as it really is, which is Zippo. Okay, let's get on to the other issue then. This is the one that uh, generated a little bit of tension during the week. Just a little, tiny bit. So while he's savaged daily in mainstream media by Democratic Party members, by university professors, and people who claim he's the worst thing to happen to America, under Donald Trump's stewardship of the U.S. economy, the Dow Jones has soared to record numbers after record numbers never seen before. That's a little redundant, isn't it? Unemployment is at 4%. And employment among African Americans is at its highest since statistics have been kept. So the question is, is Donald Trump accomplishing what he committed to, namely making America great again and alarming nations which have become accustomed and addicted 
to picking America's pockets. I'll now stand back, and I'm now getting under the table. (laughs) I'd like to jump in first. (laughs) Who's going first? Michelle. No one person or one government who, quite frankly, has no policy other than Twitter, and this president gets his, his news. He doesn't read briefing books from Fox TV. Um, it, it takes a while for a policy to gain traction and have some effect. There is no way that anyone will convince me that that man's responsible for what some people are giving him credit for. Okay, my turn. Um, yes. Well, first of all, I have always said for a very long time that governments always claim responsibility for the good stuff when economies grow, and they always claim when things go downhill, oh, it's global forces. In other words, nothing to do with them. The yes. reality is an awful lot of any economy is not within the control of the leader. But what I do find uh, rather ironic, I guess, is that in Canada, of course, the left loved to say, oh, look at our great economy. You know, Trudeau did it, but then Trump didn't do what's in the U.S. You know, have some consistency, I guess, is what I'm saying. Also, that we have had some tangible results shown from the U.S. tax changes, and they haven't even come into effect yet. Just the expectation of them has meant many, many billions of dollars repatriated back into the U.S. uh, from various corporations. An awful lot of companies are giving their employees bonuses and raises and stuff predicated on those significant tax changes and so on. So I I don't, I, I certainly would never attribute a lot of growth or even a lot of decline to any leader. That being said, it's still important what leaders do. Look at Venezuela. Eh? We, we, had, we had leaders there okay. that, that, that trashed that economy. So you also can't say it's unimportant. Okay, we have less than a minute. Linda, do you want to add to this? Okay, all I'm going to say is we have a burning issue here in Canada where the China Communications Construction Company is asking to take over ACON at a $1.5 billion deal. But this is what scares me. Will Trudeau block this? I believe Trump would allow this to happen because if they get it accepted, they're going to, in their corporate structure here in Canada, have a Communist Party of China section infiltrating into Canada. Come on, guys. I don't think Trump would allow this, and I think we need to stand up and look at this. There's been corporate espionage, corruption, and I think that this is something that we as Canadians need to know more In on. 10 seconds and no more, what is ACON? Acon is a huge construction company involved in infrastructure, et cetera. China's a huge worry, and we should not be cozying up to China, period. Yeah. I don't like cozying up to anybody. No, it's a big market. You can't ignore it. No, no, you can't ignore it. They're a big, big worry in terms of... They are. They 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 will wipe out our industry. This is a a country that is on the march, and there's no uh, political uh, implication there or intended... This is a country that's on the march, and who knows what their ultimate plans are. Okay, beauties, gotta go. Okay, toodaloo. Toodaloo. Talk to you next Saturday. Bye-bye.